Aren't you glad that uh, things are coming back to normalcy? I mean, we really have been through a very, very difficult, difficult, difficult times. You know, these difficult times are not exclusive to the time in which we live. Even in Bible days, people went through a lot of difficulties, pandemics, all kinds of diseases, challenges. People went through times when they went through famine. And there's a lot that the Bible says about periods like that. But what's even more exciting is to also know that in spite of what people went through, God comes through somehow and brings about restoration. That's what I want to talk about this morning with you to really encourage you because there are some of you, you've lost your jobs, you've lost your loved ones, you've lost your livelihood, and all kinds of things have happened. I mean, our lives will never really be the same again. And we come out of this, all of us carry some wounds or some scars of some sort. But I want to bring this word to us this morning just to encourage you that God is a God who restores. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25, it reads as follows. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. God says, I will restore. I will restore what the locusts have eaten. I will restore. Well, this book of Joel, the author thereof is Joel. And his name was a very interesting name. It actually means Jehovah is God. And in the book of Joel, Joel carries a very important message. It's a message where he calls attention to the children of Israel about the plague and the severe drought that had recently swept through Judah. When you read verse 7 in Joel chapter 2, you know that. And then he talks about how these locusts had stripped the foliage from all the trees and they had stripped the shrubs, stripped all the crops. And Judah as such at this time, they were facing a threat of starvation because of the famine that had followed this invasion of the locust. And even, even more said, the prophet declares that there is more catastrophe that is to follow. And he says, and the only way for them is to turn back to God, as he says in chapter 2, verse 12, to turn back to God with all their hearts. He said they must go back to God with fasting and with mourning. You know, there's something about crisis that crisis drives people back to God. I mean, it's true. I mean, even this time, we all went back to God. We went on our knees. We prayed. Even people who prayer or God was never part and parcel of how they did life, we went back to God. And, and we went back to God. And the people in this instance, they went back to God with fasting and with mourning. And as they went with fasting and with mourning, Joel then delivers to them a plea that God will speak to his people. 
So God then responds in return in chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. And he declares that the days that follow will be different. There will be days that will come when the famine is gone and the invasion of these locusts is gone and the issues that people were facing is gone. Days of hunger and difficulty will be gone. And God declares that there will be days of plenty to eat and days of blessing will come. But what is even more important is that not only will there be a restoration of what people has lost on a physical level, but that these days of restoration will be marked by the outpouring of his spirit on all people. And I love the way he says it. He says, it will come to pass in these days. Let me read it for you. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall, your young men, your old men shall dream dreams rather. Your young men shall see visions. God says upon my handmaidens and upon, and upon my servants, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And God says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and, and signs on the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And God is saying, not only will you have your bellies full of food, not only will you have your refrigerators full of food, but there's something that I'm going to do on a spiritual basis. And I want to focus on that word, restore. God says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Now, this concept of restoration is all over the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. God uses that term restore many, many times. And when the word restore is used in the Old Testament, it carries the following connotations. You may want to write it down. First of all, it means to be completed. I know during this lockdown, there are some of us who started certain projects and we were not able to complete those projects. Okay. Everything you did came to a grinding halt. God says in times of restoration, I will make sure that I will press that reset button. That even if there's time that has been lost, I will somehow grant you the ability for the completion of what was started. I think that's something you can shout about. It also means to finish. You know, God is a God who wants us to finish. You know, God is really not happy when we, when we start something and we don't finish. So the word uh, uh, restore carries the connotation of finishing. You will finish. No matter how long it takes, you will finish. No matter, even if you've lost months, you will finish. Maybe you can tell somebody if you are with somebody wherever you are, tell them you will finish because you will finish. I believe with all the things that we have begun, we will finish in the name of Jesus. God grant you the grace to be able to finish. That word also carries the connotation of to, to make prosper. You know, sometimes we are afraid of the word prosperity. The word prosperity, I think it's been abused, but it's not a bad term. You know, the Bible talks a lot about prospering when God gives you success. God says, I'll make to prosper. That word also means to recompense. To recompense means to pay back. In Old Testament days, it was very interesting that if a thief stole something from somebody, right? When the thief was caught, 
the thief would be compelled to recompense. They need to pay back what they have stolen. And so God says, even that which was stolen will be paid back. The word also carries the idea of rescuing. You know, when we feel like we are drowning, we feel like our life is fizzling out in front of us, and you are at that point where you just don't know what to do. And God, in the nick of time, comes in to rescue. Here's what I like. That word also means to refresh. You know, when you have been through crisis so long, you go through times when, you know, you even forget what happiness is about. You forget what smiling is about. You forget what joy is about. I mean, we've been hearing about so many people passing on. Like I told you the last few weeks, there was a day when when my phone rang. I just looked at it. I didn't even want to answer it because I just didn't want to get one more set of bad news. I mean, I had received so much bad news that I think I had reached my threshold. I I got to that point where I felt like, you know, one more set of bad news, I'm going to fall apart. You get to that point and your life becomes a life that can be so much in challenge. But God says, I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to cause you to be refreshed. We will smile again, Bahis. We will smile. We will smile again. Yes, of course, we still have scars. We will have scars. We will still remember. We will have a bit of pain. But my goodness, we will smile again. And it means to refresh. It means to set again. You know, like when you press the reset button. You know that, okay, with your, with your computer or some other device that you are using, when you press the reset button, because these devices that we use sometimes, they kind of get confused or they get stuck or they get frozen. I mean, right now it's almost like our lives have just been frozen. Our projects have been frozen. It, it's like, you know, our life is just not moving on. God is about to press the retrieve, the reset button. It also means to retrieve the same way as you retrieve information that has been lost, but it also means to cause to renew. Now, here's what I like. God says, I will restore. That word restoration, therefore, in the Bible, it speaks of the putting back into existence that which has been lost, stolen, or misplaced. Let me say that again. The putting back into existence that which has been lost, stolen, or taken away. There are many, many examples in the Bible of a God who brought about restoration. And I really would like for us to read these examples together because I believe it will be a real blessing. You know, sometimes when we read the Bible, we may read it with a mindset that, you know, maybe the people in the Bible were just a different people who don't go through and who never went through what we went through. But I want to show you as we read in the Bible that The people in the Bible were exactly like you and me. There are people who went through different seasons and through different times. And if God could bring them out of those seasons, God will bring us out of similar seasons. Turn with me to Job chapter 1. If you have your Bible, please, I would really advise you to turn with me to Job chapter 1. And I'd like to read verse 1, and I'm going to skip down to verse 20 and to verse 22. It says there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. It says this man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and shunned evil. So we already know 
who this man is, right? He's doing right. He's not doing wrong. He's praying to God. He's following God. He's living for God, all right? So this is important for us to understand because, you know, sometimes people kind of wonder, look, I'm doing all that's right. I'm following God. I'm praying. Why are all these things coming my way? I'm just saying to you, it has happened to others as much as it has happened to us. Verse 20, we read about between uh, verse 2 and verse 20, the Bible tells us about the problems that this man went through. He got attacked, all right? Lost all his children, lost his flock, lost his health, lost his wealth, lost everything, right? So here he is, he's losing everything. Everything is falling apart. He's going through this time of loss. He doesn't know what to do. There is this pandemic that has befallen him, this crisis that has come upon him. He doesn't know what to do. And in verse 20, the Bible tells us what this man did. It says, and Job arose, he tore his clothes, and he tore his mantle, shaved his face, fell on the ground, and stripped himself. And it says in verse 21, he said, naked, he fell to the ground rather, and worshipped. I'm sorry about that. Verse 21, he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. It says, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away May the name of the Lord be praised. Now, note verse 22. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. So, I mean, he lost everything. Everything. And then you can read from that chapter all the way to chapter 19. Job went through all kinds of things for a long, long period of time. But then in chapter 19, we read something that's very interesting. Verse 25, it reads as follows. It says in verse 25, And though my skin and the worms destroy my... Excuse me, verse 25, it says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that he shall stand at the latter days upon the earth. So he is saying this, Even if I have lost everything, I know that my Redeemer lives. And then as you read towards the latter part of the book of Job, we see how God restored the things that Job had lost. God restored to him. God gave back to him. God made sure that things go back to normalcy. Of course, what he had lost, he had lost. All right? What he lost, I mean, if he lost children, the same children didn't come back. But God made sure that he blesses him again. When he lost certain flocks, that particular flock didn't come back, but God made sure he gives him another kind of flock. God is a God who brings restoration. And God wants to bring restoration to you. What we need to remember is that in these times of crisis, we mustn't accuse God. We mustn't point our fingers at God. And we mustn't say to God, I'm walking away from you. Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. I may not understand what I'm going through, but I know that my Redeemer lives and I know that my Redeemer will bring me back to this same situation. In Genesis chapter 18, we read about another form of restoration. Now, in this instance, we read about a couple by the name of Abraham and Sarah. This is a very interesting story. God had spoken to them that he is going to give them a child. And for many years, they waited 
for the promise of God. And it looked like what God had said is not going to happen. I mean, it's almost like where we are right now. There are things that you know, that I know, God had spoken into our lives about those situations. And it may seem like it is not going to happen at all. Abraham and Sarah had waited for the promise of God for a long time. It says there in verse 1, The Lord appeared unto Abraham in the place of Mama, and he sat in the tender in the heat of the day. Verse 2, And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tender and bowed himself towards the ground. Verse 3, And he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, don't pass away, I pray you, from my servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts. Verse 6, Abraham hastened to the tent of Sarah, said to Sarah, make some food ready quickly. And then he ran, verse 7, to go and fetch something from the calves and to be able to make an offering and to prepare this offering. Now, let's go down to verse 9. And they said, where is Sarah, your wife, the three men? And he said, behold, she's in the tent. Verse 10. He says, then I will certainly return. Watch this now. I will certainly return unto you according to the time of life. And Lord Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it. She's on the other side. She heard it. And the Bible says, and when she heard it in the tent door, which was behind. And Abraham and Sarah were old, well stricken in age. And Sarah was not already going through what women go through when they are still in their younger age. Verse 12. Therefore, Sarah laughed within her heart, saying, after I am old, will I have pleasure, my Lord? Being also old, verse 13, and the Lord said unto Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, what I surely will bear a child even when I'm old? Verse 14, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. God says, I will return. I will come back according to the time of life. Even if all this time you have not been seeing the fulfillment of the promise, I will return. God is a God who keeps his promise and God will return. God will do what he said. God will come on his heavenly timetable. He is not too early. He is not too late. God will return. You know that the name of uh, uh, Isaac actually means laughter? God is saying, even when it looks like things are so bad in your life, I will give you laughter. I will give you laughter. Even in these times when it's so sad, I'll give you laughter. That even afterwards you will look back at you went through and you, your heart will be filled with laughter. God is a God who restores. We read again in Ezekiel chapter 37. I love that one. In Ezekiel chapter 37, God speaks to the prophet Ezekiel. He takes this man to the valley of dry bones. Know this, you know, it's, it's a valley. It's a place that you don't want to be at. And this valley has got bones. It was one thing if it was just bones, 
but it's dry bones to show that there used to be life here, now there is death here, and, and, and the death that's here is even gotten to a point where the bones are dry. There's no hope whatsoever. And God says to the prophet, can these bones live again? That's what God is asking you today. Can your business live again? Can your home live again? Can your marriage live again? Can your career live again? And the prophet is not sure. He looks at the bones and he says, you know what, God, and you call sure. I don't know. I don't know if this can live again. And God says to the prophet, I want you at my command to speak to the bones. Most of you know the story. He spoke to the bones and the bones came to life again. So God is a God of restoration. In the New Testament, it's quite interesting that on the many miracles that Jesus performed, when Jesus ministered to these people, and when these people got healed, the Bible doesn't really talk about, use the word healed, but it uses the word restore. Very interesting. This word is used in the several miracles that Jesus performed. Just to give you a few of them. In Mark chapter 3, we read the story of a man who had a withered hand. And when she came into the presence of Jesus, Jesus commanded this man to stretch forth his hand. It says, and when he had looked around about with anger, Jesus was grieved because of the hardness of the people who were there. And he said to the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. And the man stretched his out and it says, and his hand was restored whole as the other. See, Jesus is able to restore that which was lost and that which was not functioning again. Again, we read about the story of a blind man in Mark chapter 8, verse 25. It says, after Jesus had put his hands upon this man's eyes, he made him look up. And it says, and his eyes were restored and the man saw even more clearly than before. Jesus is able to restore our sight. My favorite story is about this man at the pool of Bethesda who had been lying there for a very, very long time. When Jesus came, I like the way it says, it says, when Jesus arrived, it says he knew that this man had been there for a long time. It says when Jesus saw him lie there, he knew that he had been there, there for a long time. And Jesus asked him a question, will you be made whole? And immediately the man was made whole because Jesus gave him a command. He picked up his bed and he walked and he was restored. God knows how to restore. Note what it says. He says here in our main verse, he says, I will restore to you what the locusts have taken. In the New Living Translation, it reads, I will give you back what you lost from the swimming locusts, the hopping locusts, the streaming locusts, and the cutting locusts. Three kinds of locusts. Eh? Swimming locusts, hopping locusts, stripping locusts, cutting locusts. These are locusts that come in many forms. These represent many different seasons in our life, all kinds of destruction that come our way. God says, I will restore. In the King James, it says, I will restore to you what the locust has eaten. 
what the canker worm has eaten, what the caterpillar has eaten, what the palmer worm has eaten. He says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. God uses the word year because the word year there speaks of a revolution of time. As our life revolves, as we move from one day to the other, there are things that happen to us where we experience loss. There's a day that comes in our lives, that day just wipes out so many things from our life, just like this period that we have been going through since March. And God says, I will make sure I deal with them. First of all, he says, I will deal with this locust. Now, he uses the word locust because the term locust, it can represent a day or a time of devastation. It's a season of devastation. It's a season that comes quickly. It appears suddenly and it can also disappear suddenly. Just like locusts, when people have sown crops, all of a sudden from nowhere, the locusts come, eat everything, and then they fly away. Now, these locusts, when you read it, you find there were different kinds of locusts that we read about. First of all, you had what they call the Arbia locust. And this Arbia locust, it's a locust that increases rapidly. It's a swarming locust. It just increases rapidly. I mean, we, we've come through that period where we saw the number of people, the numbers going high of infections, numbers going high of people who are dying, numbers going up of people losing jobs, numbers going up. I mean, it's just, you are just swarmed by something that comes from nowhere. God says, even if it is this kind of devastation that comes your way, I will restore. Then God says, I will also restore what the cankerworm has eaten. The cankerworm, it's a, a locust that is still in a crawling situation. In other words, this is the creeping stage of a locust. It's a young locust. It's still un unwinged. However, this locust licks the crops and destroys the crops. It just licks it. It just eats at it bit by bit. Slowly, slowly, it just eats at it. And then God says, not only will I deal with the cankerworm, I will deal with the caterpillar. Now, the caterpillar, it's a consuming locust. In other words, this locust ravages. Those locusts that when they descend on a crop, they sit on it. When they fly away, there's nothing left. You know, it just ravages. It just destroys everything. God says, even things that have been destroyed like that, I will restore. Even if these things fall on us and they cause the kind of harm and the kind of damage, God says, I will restore. God says, not only will I do that, I will also restore what the palmer worm has eaten. Now, the palmer worm is a very interesting worm. This is a chewing locust. Uh, it's a cutting locust. What this locust does is it does not destroy the crop. It just affects it. When you look at the crop, the crop looks so much healthy. You know, you look, look, you look at a stalk of maize standing there. And you think, my goodness, there's got to be a good crop coming. There's this maize. Until you go and touch the stalk of maize to try and check what it is, and all of a sudden, it crumbles down. In other words, this palmer worm eats, it, eats the, 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 the crop from inside. Things get eaten away. I mean, during this lockdown, so many things came to the fore. You know, things that people thought are standing. 
homes that we thought were standing, relationships that we thought were standing, jobs that we thought were standing, things that we thought were standing, we thought they were strong to withhold the pressure, to withhold what would come their way. We didn't know that the palmer worm was there. It was being eaten from within. And the lockdown came, COVID-19 came, and it all crumbled. Maybe you're sitting there today thinking about what has crumbled in your life, things that you have lost, things that have been ravaged, things that were eaten bit by bit and leaked away, things that were just swamped upon and they got destroyed. God said, I will restore. Note what he says, I will restore the years. God is a God who turns the tide back. He restores the years. He says, I will restore the years that the locusts have taken. In other words, have eaten. When God restores, he doesn't give you what you lost. He gives you more than what you lost. When God restores, he brings back that which was lost, stolen, taken away in greater quality, in better quantity, sometimes even better kind. And God brings back that to you in your life. This is one more reason why as we are moving into a different season now, we must always remember this God who restores. We must always hold on to him and let him restore. My prayer is may God restore to you, first of all, restore to you the joy of salvation, the knowledge of Christ. May God restore to you again your laughter again. May you have laughter and music in your heart. May God restore to you your dream. God restore to you your livelihood. May God restore to you the life you once had, the life you once knew. May God restore to you his presence, his anointing, his power. May God wipe away your tears that even in times like this, we can still look up to our God because he is a God of restoration and he wants to restore you this morning. God says, I will restore. He takes it upon himself to take the initiative of bringing restoration. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to see the things that God is going to do in our lives. We will all look back and say, thank you, Lord, for the grace of keeping us. Thank you. We have seen others pass on. We could have been them, those people. We could have also passed on. We are sad that they have passed on. We miss them so much. In the family, you may look around. You may be missing one or two members of the family, a parent, a brother, a sister. Maybe you are sitting there thinking about all this devastation, but I want you to know God is going to restore, going to give you joy again. He's going to give you gladness again. Yes, things might not be exactly as they were, but God will give you even, even a greater greater, greater proportions and help you to be able to stand up again. I want to pray with you right now as you want to come before the Lord and, and give Jesus Christ your life. You know, Jesus is the only one who's able to change and transform our lives. I want to pray with you as you invite Christ to come into your heart to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. There are people who really would love to pray with you, but I want you to follow me in this prayer. Will you pray with me right now as you receive Christ in your life? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. 
I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen.